right, so the title tonight is Deeper. And I got to tell you where this came from because I, well, so when I say deeper, I thought the best story that we could maybe talk about with the title Deeper would be Jonah because he had it down to an art, right? Like he knew where to go to get deeper with God very quickly. So we're going to talk about Jonah tonight, but I wanted to talk about where the source of this actually came from. There was a couple weeks ago, we were in children's ministry, and I'm doing class in there, and I was just asking the kids, you know, what's your favorite Bible story? Because I love, I challenge our team every week when I'm in the huddle is, we're not only teaching kids tonight, but we want those kids to be able to teach us. So open your heart to receive what they have for us, because they have a whole different revelation of God that I only wish I could even get a glimpse of. So anyway, I'm asking the kids, I went around the room, you know, what's your favorite story? What's your favorite story? What's your favorite story? Well, Dawson, my nephew... He says, um, Jonah. So I just asked him why. Because I went, I mean, that's just, I mean, of course, it's really cool that a fish swallowed a guy and he lived to tell the tale. But I said, Dawson, why Jonah? And he said, and I have to, I, have, I wrote it down how he said it. Because I wrote it down in class. Because I went, oh man, I got to go study that and preach that. That is amazing. But he said, well, auntie, he didn't use and take care of what God gave him to do what he asked him to do. I was like, whoa, I really thought it was because a fish swallowed a guy. Um, that's where I was going with this story. But he said he didn't use and take care of what God gave him to do what he asked him to do. So the last couple of weeks, I've been studying this story just in my own personal life going, there is so much to that. The revelation that he had for that specific story completely blew my mind, completely transformed anything that I will ever think about Jonah again. And then as I studied and prayed, I just felt like God opened so much. So we're going to jump in to the story of Jonah. And here's why. Because I believe we're a people that we want to go deeper in our relationship with God. We want to go deeper in what God has for us. And I'm going to go through some points on how we do that. But we're going to do the entire night in the life of Jonah. Because God has given us gifts, talents, abilities. And when we steward those things and use them for what God has purposed them for. But every part of us. Sometimes we only want to use the parts of us that are comfortable. Or we only want to use the parts of us that seem like... This seems like the only piece of me God could actually use. And we want to give him what we think he can use in our story. But instead, what we're going to find out tonight is God wants to use every ounce of who we are. Every ounce of what we have on the inside of us, what we have available to us, everything we've walked through, everything we've experienced. He wants to use all of those things to accomplish his purpose in us. Okay, so let's jump to our first scripture. And that's going to be 2 Kings 14.25. <laughs> And here's why, because if we want to learn about Jonah, we need to go to the beginning of where we hear about Jonah, right? So the first thing that we hear about Jonah in 2 Kings, let me flip over there really quick, 14.25. And it says, he restored the territory of Israel from the entrance of Hamath to the sea of Araba, according to the word of the Lord God of Israel, which he had spoken through his servant Jonah, the son of Amate, the prophet who was from gath Hefer. Okay. Did you guys get so much inspiration from that? All right. Here's, here's what I want us to gather from this scripture, because I read it too and was like, cool story, bro. All right. I do have to say one other thing. Um, I got dressed for tonight, and for as long as I've owned this, I did not know that there was an inside out. Turns out there is. So it's not concerning that it's on inside out right now, because it's not, because I learned this tonight. I'm just concerned every other time I've worn this, there's a 50-50 chance that I wore it inside out, because when I was driving here, I did find, see, you can't even see it. There's one little tag right there. And I happened to catch it on the way here. So we should all just be thrilled that I'm wearing my outfit the right side that it goes. Now, circling back to Jonah. Okay, what we just learned from Jonah, this is, this, is not, this is not very much that we know about this guy, right? It's very simple, but here's what we know. We know his name, we know where he's from, and we know what he does. It said that he was a prophet. It told us where his hometown was. And then it tells us, 
um, well, his name, where he was from, and what he does. He was a prophet, okay, those three things. Here's the other thing that it tells us. It tells us that at this point in Israel, and this doesn't happen often in the Bible, Israel was actually doing good things. Like they were taking back the territories that had been previously lost, and they were in a time of prosperity, and these were all things that Jonah prophesied. So we think about Jonah in this moment. He wasn't the guy that had to tell Saul he was being replaced. He was the guy that got to tell Israel, hey, you're about to take over all the land that you've been lost and you're gonna be super prosperous. That's a pretty good word to give, right? Would you rather talk to the guy that tells you you're about to be replaced or talk to the guy that tells you you're gonna get rich real fast and anything ever stolen is coming back to you? Which guy would you rather talk to? So Jonah gets to be the guy bringing this good news. So he's pretty popular. So we know just from that little scripture there that Jonah's well-liked, that he's popular. We know his name, we know where he's from, we know what he does. Important. Now, point number one in how do we go deeper with God is there's so much more than the surface. There's so much more than the surface because sometimes we live this way, that we live, we know where we're from, we know what we're here on earth to do. We know roughly, I mean, we all, we're, we're supposed to be saved, we're supposed to be a Christian, we're supposed to live a good Christian life. So we know what we're here to do. We know where we're from, we know what happened in life, we know where we came from, we know our job, we know our name. So we know those things about us and we know whether or not we're liked or disliked, right? So there's this surface level of identity that we can maintain as Christians. And that's as deep as we ever go with God. God, you know where I'm from, you know my name, and you know my purpose. And sometimes we'll spend the entirety of life just trying to figure out what I'm put on this earth to do. And it's all about finding ourselves and finding our purpose, but it's only ever this deep. And see, if we read just this about Jonah, pretty cool guy, quick short verse about him in the Bible, we needed to know and learned everything that we needed to know about him. And that's it, right? He brought some pretty good news. Those were great things to know about Jonah. But here's what it comes down to, is that when the situation changes, when God asks us to go a little bit deeper, when we start pursuing God at a different level, sometimes, the level of obedience required changes a little bit. And when that takes place, sometimes we see a different side of ourselves that we did not know existed. We are no longer just where we came from. We are no longer just what our name is. We are no longer just the prophet that only brings good news. Things seem to change rather quickly when there's a different level that we want to step into of obedience. And we see that here in the life of Jonah because, I mean, think about it. It's pretty great to just hear what God says when it's good news, tell everyone else what they need to do and move on with life. Hear what God says, tell everyone else how they need to live, how they need to handle circumstances because we know the Bible, we're Christian people. So we know these things. And it's easy for us to see what everyone else should be applying until this word suddenly hits close to home. Then what do we do? Okay, so point number two, is the word of the Lord came. The word of the Lord came. Now let's look at Jonah 1.1 and we're gonna pretty much live in Jonah the rest of the night. We're not gonna read the whole thing. We're gonna pick around. But Jonah 1.1, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah. Do we have access to the word of God? Yes. And because Jesus died, we can have relationship with him, correct? So we have access to the same God that's speaking to Jonah right here. But here's the difference. Most of the time when an Old Testament prophet was spoken to and they used the word, the word of the Lord, that particular phrase, that word, word right there, normally was simply for what they called testament. They were quoting something that had happened before or something that God had said that could be applied to a, a vast group of people. So the word of the Lord would come and this specifically it's to be proclaimed for deliverance. So to be proclaimed or to be delivered. So that's what that particular word would normally mean with Old Testament prophets. That is not the word that is used right here. When it says, when the word of the Lord came to Jonah, here's what it is. This is, was instruction. This was a personal mandate that Jonah was to obey. 
And here's the same thing that takes place in our lives. There's two sides of hearing God's word. There's two sides of hearing a sermon on a Wednesday night or a Sunday morning. There's two sides of our personal prayer time. There's the side that we are bringing in. I read the word every morning and I read that word and I know the word and I speak the word and I hear the word and I hear the word. And then somebody asked me, what do I, what do, I do in this situation? Well, I read that. I have that in my arsenal, right? So I can now help someone around me answer something that they're going through according to the word of God. But then there's this second half of the word of God. And the second half of the word of God and the word applied specifically to us is a mandate that we are to obey. A mandate specifically for us that we are to obey in our personal lives. We all obey the entirety of the word of God. But I promise you in different situations, you'll get a word from God that goes, oh, I really probably need to act on that. And there's two options that we're gonna see. The first of which is it says, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, saying, arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah arose to flee. (laughs) But Jonah arose to flee. The first thing it says right here, Jonah, he didn't question God. He didn't say, are you sure that's the right location? He did not say, why me? He arose and fled. That was his response. How many of us will read a scripture and you're like, not for me. Sometimes it's a little bit difficult to forgive when we don't want to forgive. Sometimes it's a little bit difficult to tithe when the word says to tithe. Sometimes it's a little bit difficult to love that person that really, 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 really hurts. Sometimes it's a little bit difficult to apply the word in a situation that we may not understand. Sometimes these things come up and those are specific mandates for our situation. And it's a lot harder to apply them than what we think. And it doesn't taste very good to do so. And it said, Jonah arose and fled. So when we're looking at the word of God, it changes when it becomes personal to us. When the word was moving him into his purpose and his assignment, he ran. When the word was moving him into his purpose and to his assignment, he ran. Here's what the word does. As we develop a relationship with the word, when we develop a relationship with God, as we grow in that, what he's gonna do is bring divine alignment into our lives. And every time we wanna go deeper and cross over that surface level of just knowing about him, and going, God, I really want to be and be who you've called me to be and accomplish what you've put me on earth to accomplish. And when we start making those decisions and we start taking ownership of the word of God, where it's not just something we hear and run away from, but it's something that we hear and really start grabbing onto, it's going to define our destiny. It's going to purpose us into where God has called us to be, who he's called us to minister to, and what he's called us to do. But every time that happens, we have the option to flee and do it our way or we have the option to obey the mandate that he's given us in every circumstance we'll ever face. When we seek God for that thing, there will be a personalized mandate for how to handle that situation. And we will get the choice to flee from it or we'll get the choice to obey it. One of it opens up God's power on our behalf in our life. The other of it prevents us from living in the freedom that God created us to live in. Okay, so let's keep looking at this. Um, so here's, here's usually, so going from surface to crossing over to that instruction, that mandate that I'm going to obey. Here's what we normally do. We'll say, yeah, I want to serve God with my whole heart until it's inconvenient. Until it becomes an inconvenience to what I want to do. Yeah, I want God's will in my life until it's uncomfortable. I want his word until I have to change. I want what he has. My yes is yes, unless I have to give something up or be more involved than I already am. Yes to God, unless it sacrifices my reputation and my friendships. I want to say yes to God, unless I have to deviate from how I've been operating thus far. We want to say yes on a surface level, but here's what we're saying yes to. We're saying yes to what people see around us. We're not saying yes to obedience to the word of God. And so we can say yes and live a surface life. We saw that with Jonah. There was an excellence surface level of being a prophet. There was an excellent surface level. He had a great reputation. He spoke what God said and it actually happened. Like, I don't disqualify that. That's remarkable. He said, this is what's taking place in Israel. And then everybody sees it happen. But then there's this point that God wants to take Jonah a little bit deeper and go, now let's go do what I've put you on earth to do. And Jonah fled. Why? Because it cost something. It cost us something to walk in wholeheartedly in that purpose that God has for us. But here's the thing. Jonah would have never been fulfilled 
to the level that he would have been fulfilled walking out what God has for his life. We will never be as fulfilled doing what we think we should do and live in a surface level Christianity as when we choose to go deeper with God, even though it costs things, even though we're gonna walk through things, even though we're gonna experience things, with all of that at stake, we will be more fulfilled in that moment than we ever will trying to do life on our own and trying to be who we think we should be. He had the idea of profit figured out. He had it down to an art. But there was the part of, taking the personal mandate that God gave and choosing that I'm going to obey wholeheartedly to what God is saying. So the word of God allows him to do through me what I could not do on my own. Whenever we choose to obey the word of God, when we take that mandate, then it allows God to do through me what I could not do on my own. Jonah was obedient to what people saw instead of obedient to what God said. We have to decide to be all in or choose to do our own way of doing things. See, there was a level that Jonah wanted to obey God as long as it was comfortable, as long as it was safe, as long as it made sense. But this thing that God asked him to do didn't make any sense. This thing that God asked him to do, it was uncomfortable. And we're going to look at what Nineveh might be in our life to make this story personal. Because my favorite thing about the word of God is we can always jump into this story and we can always see who God is in the story and we can always see who we are in the story and maybe see things from a little bit of a different light. That's because this is a living word. It applies to every single one of us. So point number three is that our purpose is personal. And we're going to look at why it was that Jonah fled. Because we can look at Jonah and go, you wimp, you're literally the only prophet in the entire Bible that ran from God. <laughs> like you're the only one. But let's look at what was really going on behind the scenes because we talked about that there's more going on than what's just on the surface, right? Jonah could obey as long as nothing in here was confronted. But when we truly want to walk in the purpose that God has for our life, we're going to have to confront some things that are below the surface. Because when we say, I want to go deeper with God, what we're really saying is, God, I need you to be deeper in me. I need you to expose things inside of me that I didn't even know were there. I need you to expose hurts and pains, things that I'm facing that I don't know how to face, I don't know how to deal with, and I need you to expose those areas. That's what it means to go deeper with God. So here was Nineveh. As soon as he heard Nineveh, it says that he fled. So there's obviously something big here. And here was the thing with Nineveh, is that it was a prominent province in Assyria. They had a reputation of physical and psychological terror. But then here's the key part that is very important in Jonah's story, is that the Assyrians, along with the Ninevites, they are the people that when Israel was under attack, they are the very people that sieged and destroyed Jonah's hometown. The same people that God's saying, I need you to go and I need you to bring freedom to them. These are the exact same people that destroyed his hometown, that sieged it, that a lot of people were killed. A lot were taken as slaves. So we could say that that hit Jonah pretty personally, that this was a people that completely took out. I mean, it's safe to assume that it was probably some of his friends and family that got taken out in this. And so there was a deep hatred, a deep rooted hatred that Jonah had toward this particular people group because they had done something that had caused the hurt, that had caused the pain, that had caused turmoil. It was completely unacceptable in the sight of God. And that came against God's chosen people and the promises that he had, right? So this was a deliberate attack that now God's saying, I need you to go speak my word to them. I need you to go confront this situation. But when we make this personal to us, how many things in life do we face that is a Nineveh? How many things do we face that go, God, I'm not going there. That caused so much hurt. That caused so much pain. God, I would never step out that way again because last time there was so much embarrassment. There was so much criticism. God, I forgive anyone but that person. That's not happening. I, I'm, not, I'm not doing it. To where the thing that God asks, we completely resist because it's that area. Maybe it's something with a generational curse in your family. Maybe it's something with divorce. Maybe it's something with an addiction. Maybe it's something with finances. Maybe it's just a mental battle, a depression, an anxiety that we're facing. It can be so many things. Nineveh can be so many things. Something that has presented itself as such a strong attack that you hate that thing or despise that human being. That's what a Nineveh is. A Nineveh is a place that brings complete turmoil to our lives when we think about it. That terror, whether, it, and I love how it describes that it says that they are 
physical and psychological terror. What is that thing when it comes up that it brings such a mental stronghold against us that we can't even handle that? I don't want to think about that. I don't even want to go there. God, you would never ask me to do that. You would never ask me to confront that. And that's where Jonah is right here. So he was personally affected. So he was, when I say that our point number three is that our our purpose is personal and it's bigger than us. Here's what I want us to grab hold of when I say that is that when our purpose is personal, what God has for me is personal. I call it our shape. We've been doing a leadership class and I, I like looking at shape. If, if everybody in this room had a piece of paper and they were to cut out a shape, some of you might cut out similar shapes, but normally most of them don't look very similar at all. They're all kind of different. But what shape is, just an acronym, S is your spiritual gifts, H is your heart, which is your passions, A is your abilities, your natural abilities, your gifts, your talents. Um, P is your personality and E is your experiences and that making up who you are as a person. Okay. So I want us to think about those areas in that shape that we have. So when our purpose is personal, and this is sometimes where we get confused in the body of Christ is that because I have similar interests with someone else, I like to write, she likes to write. So God can't use us both. It's one or the other. But here's what I want us to see. This purpose is so personal to each and every one of us that what she has to write and what she has to write come from so many different shapes that they will impact an entirely different group of people when we allow God to work through it. Does that make sense? So it takes comparison completely out of the picture. So when our purpose is personal, could any other prophet go minister to Nineveh the way Jonah could? No because none of them had walked through an experience the way Jonah did. So there's a completely different audience that Jonah has entrance to minister to, but then here's the other cool part, and I'm jumping a little bit ahead of myself, so we'll get this in a minute, but that God just didn't want Nineveh to be the ones that got freedom. He wanted Jonah to get freedom. He knew beneath the surface, there was some areas in Jonah's life that needed to be ministered to in order for him to minister where he needed him to minister. For him to be able to accomplish the purpose that God had for him, there was some things that Jonah need dealt with. There was some healing that Jonah needed on the inside and that could only come through obedience to the word of God. The word is so vital to us, but I want us to understand and grab hold of the fact your purpose is so personal to you. Everything that you've walked through, that's the experience part of that shape. Anything you've walked through, And some of us could say, we've walked through some terrible things. We've walked through some things that we don't understand. We've walked through some hurts, some pains, some betrayals, some some levels of things that, that, that no one could fathom. And no one possibly could understand that. Some of us have walked through maybe a loss, a a financial difficulty. We've walked through insecurity. We've walked through health conditions. We've walked through, there's so many things that we could have walked through that we experienced. That even though someone may have had a personal experience, it wasn't your experience. And so there's a purpose that God has for each and every one of us, but he's going to use the fullness of who you are, your gifts, your talents, your abilities, your personalities, what you've been through, what you've walked through, your passions. He's going to use all of those things to accomplish it. Because I want us to know, remember that intro we had about, about Jonah? He prophesied. It came to pass. He was Jonah. We knew where he was from. That's it, right? What in the job description changed to go to Nineveh? Nothing. He was still Jonah. He was still from where he was from. He was still doing the job that he was created to do. But his audience changed. His audience changed. His purpose was directed just a little more, but more than anything, it was an internal change that needed to take place for him to have a greater impact than what he had had up until this point. The same is true in our lives, is that we think there's this huge radical change. No, God's not gonna change who you are. He's not gonna change where you came from. He's not gonna change the experiences that we may have walked through, personality. He's not gonna change those things. They're gonna be aligned to the word of God. He's gonna use who he created you to be to accomplish what he wants you to accomplish. All of that encompassing, and it will look like no one else's because no one else is you. 
So his purpose is personal. The fact that he specifically went to Nineveh was twofold because he had experience with Nineveh that no one else had, and he could receive a healing from going to Nineveh that no one else could receive. I don't know, and maybe he could. I personally don't believe that Jonah could experience the healing that God needed to do on the inside of him without going to Nineveh because he had to heal a place so deep in him from hurt that he had walked through, from an experience that he had had to be able to minister to Nineveh. But it came from a place of inner healing that God wanted to do in him. And in doing so, made a huge impact. So let's keep going and see what this impact was. Um, Some signs here. So wherever we're living in what seems to be easiest, in what seems to be safest, in what seems better, more fulfilling, less painful, less complicated, and less confusing, it is a sign that we are fleeing from what God has asked us to do instead of being obedient. So any of those areas, it's a sign that we're fleeing instead of moving closer to what God asked us to do. So anything that is keeping us running from God's purpose or obedience, that is our Nineveh. And again, we could face 1,000 Ninevehs in our life. It's not just one of them. So there can every season of our life, we could be facing a different Nineveh. But it's the same in that God wants to do something through me so that I can minister here, so that I can be who I'm supposed to be here. And it might be your workplace. It might be your family. It might be extended family. It might be um, in your finance or your finances. It may be healing from past wounds. It may be in, in so many different areas. It could be just with your kids. It could be with grandkids. There's so many ways that God wants to use you where you're at in your sphere of people, but all of you not just the parts that are appeasing to the eye. And that's what God's showing us here in Jonah is, I don't wanna use the guy that just brings good news that everybody's cheering right now. I wanna use all of Jonah. I wanna use those deep hurts and those deep pains that you've had to walk through. I wanna use those to minister here. I wanna use the fact that you have experience with them and you know the way there, I wanna use that. But I also wanna use the gift that I've put on your life to prophesy what I've asked you to prophesy and hear what I'm asking you to hear. I wanna use that too. And I also wanna use the fact, do you see how this goes on and on and on? So he wants to use all aspects of our lives to accomplish his purpose in us and through us, not just part of it. Every aspect of who we are, every hurt, every pain, all of that submitted to him, that's who God wants to use. So none of it has to be hidden from him. Because here's the thing, perfection is not what qualifies us, forgiveness is. Just because we walk through things, no. Jesus died for the fact that I can be perfected in Christ and therefore I can be qualified for what God's asked me to do. I repented for that. I can be qualified for what God has created me to do. I walked through that and I received what I needed to receive in that moment so I can be qualified. It's not about perfection. It's not about offering God the most perfect parts of us so that he can do something great. That's not it at all. Really? Honestly, the people that accomplish the most are not the perfect people or the most experienced people or the most perfected people in their gift or their talent or their ability. It's the ones that put in the most work to actually do something. Those are the ones that are actually doing things. So we have to go, I don't have to be perfect. God wants to use every piece of my story, every part of who I am. I am not disqualified. I'm 100% qualified. And in fact, think of it this way, you are the only person qualified to reach the people that God has put in your life. And that may be across the globe because you have experience there like we see with Nineveh, but you are the only person qualified because of what you've walked through, because of what we've come through, because of what we've done, because of what we haven't done. All of those things wrapped up, that's the thing that qualifies you specifically for what God has. Isn't that cool? There's so much more that God wants to do through us than what we can imagine. So point number four. So we got to pick up where we are in in our story to know where we're at in our points, right? Okay, so God said, it said, the word of the Lord came to Jonah. Jonah arose and Jonah fled. Okay, We're, we're, we're there. And then in the middle of where we're going next, he got on a boat that didn't turn out well because when we run away from what God wants us to do, it will affect the people around us. Side note, extra note to write down. It will have an effect on the people around us. He gets on the boat, bad news. They throw him off the boat. A big fish swallows him. He's sad. He's there for three days. And now he gets spit back up. This is where we're at in our story now. So we've just fast forwarded quickly that particular part. 
So our next point is go back to the word because here's where we could be right now. I'm really trying to go deeper in my relationship with God. I don't want to be surface deep. I'm trying to go deeper in my relationship, but I feel like I've lost sight of my purpose. I feel like I'm a little lost. I feel like maybe I've, I've been held back. I've let some things get in the way. Maybe I feel confused about where I'm at and where I'm going. Does God even still want to use me? We could be in any of those areas. I don't know how. The questions, this, this situation, right? Jonah, at this point, I want us to think again in the story, he repented in the big fish and then he gets spit up on dry land. At this moment, Jonah does not know that God's gonna send him again. At this moment, Jonah could be feeling, maybe I've been disqualified. Jonah could be feeling, maybe I messed up too bad. Jonah could be feeling like my detour really detoured me and I don't even know what to do now. Jonah could be feeling like maybe he compromised his purpose. Can I still be a prophet of God? Imagine those things. Sometimes we forget to get in the stories and feel what they're feeling. God didn't tell Jonah in the well that he was gonna restore what he was doing. Jonah could be feeling all kinds of things right here. Do I go back to Joppa? Do I go back to my hometown? What do I, <laughs> what do I tell him happened to me? <laughs> like, what, what, hello? Just spent three days in a fish and there's nothing left of my life. Like, what do you tell somebody? The most embarrassing moment on earth, right? Oh, you see what I did was I arose and I fled from God and then I got on a boat and they threw me into the sea and a fish swallowed me and I repented and he vomited me onto the shore and here I am. Okay, there's a lot going on in Jonah's mind at this moment when he's on the shore. What now? I've messed up big time. So it says, so the Lord spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Good thing the fish didn't arise and flee. <laughs> it's more trusty than Jonah's obedience. It fulfilled its purpose. Three, one. Now the word of the Lord, that sounds remotely familiar, right? In one, one, maybe we should reread one, one, just so we make sure we're in the same story. One, one. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah saying, arise and go to Nineveh. And we're going to skip down to verse three. But a Jonah arose to flee from the presence of the Lord. Okay, so now let's look at three. So now we're in three, one. And it says, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Hmm. Imagine this moment. And he's like, don't mess up, Aaron. Like, do it right this time. In this moment, I can't imagine the overwhelming feeling that Jonah had to feel like, I get a second chance. You're going you're gonna to let me do this again. I'm sure there was still the feelings of, I still don't want to go there. I still don't like them, but I'm going to do it. But that feeling of a gracious God, a merciful God that says, no, we're going to pick up where we left off. Here's the other thing I find cool. Scholars and Bible um, commentaries believe that Jonah was spit out back where he started at Jaffa. <laughs> and I find it interesting that God didn't just spit him out at Nineveh. Like if he was so about, because sometimes we think that God's so controlling and God's just going to make us do it. See, we're not robots. God wants our participation. Because here's what he did, it spit him back out where he started. Why? Because it was never a question on God's ability to do through Jonah what he asked him to do. It was always a question of Jonah's obedience to the word of God. It was never a question of God's ability. And sometimes we spend more time questioning what God will do through us. Did he really ask me that? We read a scripture and go, God, could you really do that through me? Here's what we can learn from the life of Jonah. It's never a question for God's ability. It is always a question of our obedience. God's always gonna come through. He cannot come back on a promise. He can't go back on his word. It can't return empty. He cannot lie. He would have to compromise his character. So God is always gonna do his part. It's just whether or not we're gonna do our part, whether or not we're gonna choose to obey 
what God has asked us to do and obey that personal mandate that he gave us. Even though it may cost us confronting some things, it may cost us going places we don't wanna go, talking to people we don't wanna talk to and doing things that we don't wanna do. We take that and we choose obedience and I want us to see what happens right here. So he goes on. So we go back to the word of God and here's what it says. Arise and go to Nineveh, that great city and preach to it the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to, N to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Okay, last time he arose and fleed, right? Fled. This time it says that he arose and went to Nineveh. Now Nineveh, this is also humorous to me, was an exceedingly great city, a three day journey in extent. Do you find it funny that it's the same amount of days that he spent in the well, would have taken him the same amount of time to get to Nineveh? So time wasted, detoured for sure, but the same amount of time. So it would, if I would have acted in obedience, would have taken me the same amount of time to go and do the purpose that God asked me to do as it did to detour through the well or the big fish. Same amount of time. I just find it's funny that they didn't have to put that detail in there and they did for our enjoyment. Make sure I didn't skip a note before I keep reading here. Nope, we're good. Let's keep reading. And Jonah began to enter the city on the first day's walk. Then he cried out and said, yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Okay. Can you all please count the number of words that came out of Jonah's mouth? I know you're all gonna have different translations. This is a bad idea. We're all gonna get different numbers. How many will you get? Eight. Eight whole words. All the way to Nineveh. Three days journey. Six if you count as detour. Siri. You know, I think he was following Siri. She always takes you down back roads you're not supposed to be on through alleys. Siri took him to the well. He was really trying to get to Nineveh. He was fleeing there to Nineveh. And Siri said to go by way of boat which ended up being a well. So don't follow Siri. We learned that from the story of Jonah as well. That's an extra point for you, just so you know. But eight words, three days journey, eight words. He didn't have to lay hands on the entireness of the city. He did not have to preach a three-day conference. He did not have a tent revival. He did not, there was none of these things. He came, said eight words. And here's what happens. So the people of Nineveh believed God, proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the great greatest to the least of them. Then the word came to the king of Nineveh and he arose from his throne. He did not flee. He laid aside on his robe. He covered himself with sackcloth and sat in ashes. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh by decree of the king and nobles saying, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and crying mightily to God, big G. Yes, let everyone turn from his evil way, from the violence that is in his hand, who can tell if God will turn and relent and turn from his fierce anger so that we may not perish. Okay, the king had a lot more to say than Jonah. Eight words caused all of this. And then, then God saw their works and they turned from their evil way and God relented from their disaster that he had said he would bring upon them and he did not do it. Eight words. This is what I want us to see is that when we choose that I'm gonna go deeper with God and I choose that I'm gonna obey the word of God. And I choose that I'm gonna let that mandate and I'm gonna let that purpose that God has for me be personal. And I'm gonna choose to obey it even though it confronts some things in my life that I might not want to confront. It may send me some places that I may not want to go. It may make people hear part of me that I don't want them to hear about. It may, it may cause some, some things to be confronted in my life that I never thought that I would have to confront. It may cause all of those things but I want us to see the power that is released when we choose to obey the word of God. When we choose to obey that word that God has for us in that situation, I want us to see the power that's released. Eight words, an entire city proclaimed a fast, 
started praying, completely turned their lives around. Every one of them was saved. They couldn't be saved. Jesus hadn't died yet, but they were saved from destruction. So they were saved an entire city because Jonah was obedient, spoke eight words. Not eight of his own words. They might've been not nice words. They would not have been quoted in the Bible. He used eight words because back in 3.1, it says, arise, or 3.2, arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach to it the message that I tell you. Preach to it the message that I tell you. Eight words, simple obedience. Obedience is rather simple. It's just uncomfortable. And sometimes we have to choose to be uncomfortable so that we can see the power of God work through us to a place that only we can reach. Because there might've been other people that could have ministered to Nineveh, but it wouldn't have ministered to us. So when there's a purpose that God has for us, when there's something that God is calling us to do, that there's something that God is asking us to do, it is way beyond us because it's gonna minister and do more than we could ever think or imagine or do on our own, but it's also gonna do more in us that couldn't happen any other way. And that's trusting and obeying God that he's not making us do things that hurt. Will they hurt? Yeah, probably. But he's not causing hurt to come into our lives. He's bringing healing to our lives because he's saying it may hurt for a little bit, but there's a healing and there's a fulfillment that's going to come when you obey that personal mandate that I have for you in every situation in life. All I need you to do is obey it. Seems pretty simple, right? Just obey it. That personal thing that he has for this season. Then what about next season? Then what about next season? And we think back to what Dawson said and he just didn't use the things that God gave him to do what he asked. So I ask us, are we just using the things that God gave us to do what he asked? All of them? The hurts, the pains, the experiences, the gifts, the talents, the abilities, the desires, the passions, our influence. Our, is every area of our life just using and what God gave us to do what he asked us to do? It seems simple. I know it takes a lot more than that, but it's simple obedience that unleashes God's power. So let's look at our next point. It's our last point, but this is my favorite because you just thought Jonah went deep up until this point. There's a whole new Jonah you're about to experience. So the word wants to work in us and through us because here's what we can do is sometimes we want the word to be a pass through from us to someone else. But here's what we like to filter. Hey God, if I read the word about your blessings and your judgment and sin and, and all of these areas of life, and I read all of the word, if you could just pass through your word to the people around me and I'll go ahead and let them know what they need to fix. But if you could let the blessings filter out in my life on their way to me being able to let everyone else know what they're doing wrong, that would be great. And that's how we want the Bible to work. We want the benefits, we want God's mercy, we want God's justice, we want God's peace, we want God's joy, we want all of those things working on our behalf. But then we're like, mm, you really shouldn't talk that way. It's bringing curses to your life. But you really shouldn't. And we wanna give the truth of God's word to the people around us, but we just wanna experience the mercy of God's word as it passes through us. What God's word wants to do is it wants to work in us and it wants to work through us. It wants to do something in us that only it can do. And then it wants it to go through us because when we filter that through the character of who God is, then here's what should happen. I don't receive the word of God and tell Oren everything he's doing wrong as a husband. If I'm receiving the word of God correctly, then when I'm reading the word of God and it doesn't work in me, regardless of what Oren's done, what passes through me is the mercy and the grace and the forgiveness that God has to offer, not the judgment. The truth is for me to apply to my life and I can speak the truth, but the only way to speak it in love is when I allow the word to do in me what it needs to in obedience. Does that make sense? So what's passing through? Are we passing through in the character of God? Are we passing through in what the word of God says? However we wanna say it. Or is it coming through in the character of God? Because he wants to do in us and he wants to do through us. So the word through us, those were the eight words and we saw God's power take place. But then here's what the word does in us is we want to appreciate God's benefit in us, but not for others. Let's read chapter four here and see Jonah in a little bit of a new light. 
So we just saw the great miracle that took place. Could you imagine speaking eight words in the entire San Luis Valley, turning from everything they're doing and choosing God? Eight words. Could you imagine that moment? That's what really took place here. And verse four, or chapter four, verse one, it says, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly and he became angry. Why? Because the word has worked through Jonah at this point. Jonah has gone through the obedience. He has stepped out. I've been obedient to what God asked me to do. I spoke what he asked me to speak. And that's what he's done up until this moment. But now God wants to deal with what's going on in him. Now God wants him to see some healing and maybe see a different perspective to his attitude. So he became exceedingly angry. So he prayed to the Lord and said, ah, Lord, was this not what I said when I was still in my country? Therefore, I fled previously to Tarshish, for I know that you are a gracious and merciful God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, one who relents from doing harm. So he's using God's own character against them. Wait for this one. It's my favorite. Therefore, now, our Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. So he's using God's character, going, God, I know you're merciful. It is far more merciful for you to let me lie and, or to die than it is for me to see Nineveh turn to you. Man, but wait, don't judge Jonah because in our lives, sometimes those people that hurt us, sometimes those circumstances that hurt us, sometimes those things that maybe rubbed us the wrong way and then we see like, mm, karma. And we get this slight inner joy. And then we need to go pray with them. So we're like, fine, I'll be obedient. I'll pray for them. So then we don't actually talk to them to pray for them. That would be ridiculous. So I pray for them from my home and my prayers are answered. And they start doing well and making wise choices. Do you not get a little irritated? Dang it, God, it'd be better for me to die than see them succeed. That's what Jonah's doing right here. It's the same attitude. Why? Because there was hurt that hadn't been dealt with in his life. There was some things that hadn't been dealt with inside him and God didn't want to leave him with the word being accomplished out here and not being accomplished in here. Because there's always two parts to our purpose. There's going to be what God's going to do through us, but more so there's going to be what God's going to do us again that can't come from any other source. And if we're gonna walk out the purpose that God has for us in obedience, it's gonna cause us to confront some things and we're gonna have to deal with some issues. So he's having a pity party. Then the Lord said, is it right for you to be angry? It doesn't say this, but Jonah doesn't actually respond for quite a few verses. So basically Jonah ignored God's question. So Jonah went out of the city and said on the east side of the city, there he made himself a shelter and sat under it in the shade till he might see what would become of the city. Okay, cliff notes. Jonah moved far enough away so that if the fire and brimstone actually did fall, he would have a great line of sight but not be affected. Okay, that's what he's doing in this moment. And the Lord of God prepared, or the Lord God prepared a plant and made it come up over Jonah that it might shade his head and deliver him from his misery. So Jonah was very grateful for the plant. Aw. That's so nice of God. He cares about the little things in life, right? Like, you know, I saved you from the fish and good things happen to, but it's okay. I know you're being angry right now. Here's a plant. So it was nice of God. All right. So he was very grateful, but as morning dawned the next day, God also prepared a worm and it so damaged the plant that it withered. <laughs> and it happened when the sun arose that God prepared, prepared a vehement east wind and the sun beat on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. Then he wished death for himself and said, it is better for me to die than to live. So now Nineveh has been restored and he wants to die because he can't bear to watch it. But now equally as bad, he wants to die because his plant died. And now the sun's hot. So he wants to die. Okay. Then God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the plant? God was more specific this time because Jonah ignored him last time. And he said, it is right for me to be angry even to death. 
over a plant. What a pity party he's throwing in this moment. But I want us to show us what it might look like when we allow the word of God to work through us and we don't allow the word of God to work in us. Because have we ever encountered a person where we're like, wow, man, they can preach amazing things. Wow, their lifestyle is remarkable. Wow, they're just the best person I've ever met. And then we see maybe a little bit of the behind the scenes and it like completely shatters everything we've ever heard. Okay, the word works great through them. God's word can't return void and it will go and it will accomplish that which he sent it to accomplish. So God's word is not the issue. Instead, the word was never allowed to work through. The word was never allowed to work in. And when we don't allow the word of God to work in us, there will come a time when there's powerful things happening around us, but we miss every one of them and they're almost irritating to us. Miracles are taking place and we miss them because we haven't allowed God to work on what's going on on the inside of us. So when we find ourselves in a place and maybe we're irritated in what's going on in the lives of other people around us, maybe we're irritated when we see other people succeeding, maybe we're irritated when we're doing all we know what to do and we're trying to be obedient to God and we're still just irritated, it might be a clear sign that we're not allowing the word to do in us what we're expecting it to do through us because it's gonna work through us, but we have to be the ones to say, no, God, I repent. I want that place healed and partner with God to allow that to be at work in us. So it goes on. It says, but the Lord said, you've had pity on the plant for which you have not labored nor made it grow, which came up in a night and perished in a night. And should I not pity Nineveh, that great city in which are more than 120,000 people who cannot discern between their right hand and their left and much livestock. Ouch. It's painful, right? So in our lives, do we prefer plants over people? Not in Colorado, that's a bad idea. Pick another state, have plants from other states. Romaine lettuce. Um, do we prefer plants over people? As in, do I care more about the things that are benefiting my current condition and my current situation than I am concerned about what God is trying to do through me and my purpose? Because we can pray, we can whine, we can throw a fit, we can live frustrated about all the things that aren't going right in my situation. And we're completely missing what God's doing on our behalf every single day because we're trying to live obedient to him. When we live obedient to God, power is gonna come forth. When we live obedient to God, things are gonna change and they're gonna change all around us. But we'll miss every single one of them. If we don't allow the word to do a work in us, we'll be blinded to what's going on out here and we'll be more concerned about the things that contribute to our personal comfort than we do about what God's trying to do everywhere around us. And we'll completely miss the miracle that God's doing. So do we prefer plants over people? And then what do we need to have pinpointed in our life? Just like Jonah, there was some hurt that needed to be pinpointed. There was some perspective that needed to be pinpointed. So what are some areas that maybe need to be pinpointed in our lives as we move forward into our purpose? And when I say purpose, you're like, uh, I actually haven't found mine yet. It's in you. God's already put your purpose on the inside of you. You don't know how to go find it. We waste too much time trying to find ourselves and find our purpose if we would just spend more time and that much effort obeying the word of God. It, our purpose is already on the inside of us. And if we would grab hold of that and grab hold of this word and go, God, what do you want to do in me? What do you want to do through me? And what is your personal mandate for today? What is your personal mandate in my marriage? What is your personal mandate with my kids? What is my personal mandate in my workplace with that coworker? What is your personal mandate with that hurt that I just can't shake? What is your personal uh, mandate with these generational curses that I'm facing in my family with this poverty mentality, with this anger, with this guilt, with this shame, with this loss, with this grief, with whatever it is, what is your personal mandate that is for me that I can be obedient to so I can see your power at work, but now work through me? Because remember, it's personal to you. Everybody in here can have a personal mandate and have similar visions and have similar things that they like to do. And it's going to impact an entirely different group of people because you are not everyone else and they are not you. Your experiences are yours. They're no one else's. And so God has that mandate for each and every one of us. And if God puts us in it, he's already put it in us to be able to walk through it. We don't have to. Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. God has already put everything that we need to accomplish what we need to accomplish, but it's a partnership with him. He didn't drop Jonah off at Nineveh. 
He dropped him off back where he started and said, you want to partner with me? Go to Nineveh. And he did. God wants us to do that. We will never grow beyond our last act of disobedience. We'll go back to that point and we got to get that right and go, no, I choose to obey now. And then we watch what God does through us. And then we allow him work on our heart while we go. But it's both sides, through and in, through and in, through and in. And so again, back to the beginning, are we using all that God has given us to obey him? Did you know the average human being only used 20% of their brain capacity in their lifetime? That's pathetically sad. There's 80 more percent that's undiscovered up there. You didn't know you had 80 more percent, did you? Now you know, use it, right? Okay, so there's 20% of our brain capacity. There's so much more that we could be doing and so much more that we can be accomplishing and so much more creativity. And it comes through simple acts of obedience. All we have to do is obey in the little things, obey every single day and allow God unfold his purpose. But we're gonna have to confront some things. We're gonna have to walk through some things. We're gonna have to see what God has to say in some areas that we may not want him to say it. But when we do, there'll be power release that we can't imagine because the word can do through us what we can't do for ourselves. And that's the power of the word of God. And it's vital that we are connected to the word. And then in wrap up, and I'm gonna have everyone stand as we close. But in wrap up here, I know it's a fun story. I know it's a fun message. Jonah's humorous, he always will be. I'm sure he has a great personality. I can't wait to meet him. But all in all, why does, why does any of this matter? Why does it matter for me to go beyond surface level? Why does it matter for me to go deeper in my relationship with God? Why does it matter that I even live obedient and walk out my purpose? Why does it matter that I confront those things? There's enough people in the world that if I don't accomplish all that God has for me, it'll be fine. And we can live that way. And then we can live with the someday mentality that, well, eventually I'll get there. I just got to get the rest of my life figured out and, you know, and then I'll live for God. So there's the someday mentality. There's the, there's enough other people on the world to do it. No, you have a personal mandate and a personal purpose that only you can accomplish. And God wants to do through you. But again, like I said, usually it's the people that just decide to do it, not the smartest person in the room. And I believe that we can be a person, people that just decide to do it. But why does any of this matter anyway? Because just like Jonah is looking at Nineveh, there is a world of hurting people. There is a world of people that are being completely taken over by darkness, that have been completely deceived, that there are families falling apart, there are marriages falling apart, there are kids that I don't even want to know what they go home to when they leave here sometimes. There are kids out there that don't get to come here, so I don't want to know what they're living in. And we got teenagers shooting police officers in our town. So why does this matter? Because I go, who's in his sphere of influence that could have ministered to him? And I get teary-eyed and I don't mean to, but people matter. And sometimes we're so concerned about our plants and our comfort. And our purpose doesn't matter. But I go, if I don't walk in the purpose that God gave me, maybe there's people that won't get their healing. And I'll live a completely unsatisfied life because there's just very few ways. And it's through the obedience to the word of God that I can accomplish what God has me to accomplish. And again, I'm sorry I cry. Don't cry often. But people genuinely break my heart because I see it. We see it in our community. We see it with kids. We see the deception we see the fear, we see the hopelessness, and we have what matters. But we can use it so flippantly. And we don't want to walk out that fullness, that obedience like Jonah, and we want to flee from it because it's uncomfortable. Not them, God, pick someone else. Why are they less valuable than we are? Because they hurt us? Because we've never hurt anybody? And so why does this matter? Why does this message matter? Why does this, any of this matter? Is because there's a world of people. There's a valley of people. Let's just start there. Let's make it smaller. 
There's a small, tiny community of people that could be radically impacted if all of us in this room would just walk out our purpose. Can you imagine that? If everybody in this room grab hold to what does God want to do through me, through my story, through my experience, through my gifts and talents and abilities, am I using all of it? Am I using every part of me to accomplish what God has me to accomplish? Or am I just using the comfortable parts? Am I just using the surface parts? Or am I willing to go, God, I want you to expose and dig into every part of me because I want to go so deep with you. I don't want one person that I'm created to minister to, to be left unministered to. Not one. And that we take ownership of that, that we're done praying over the plant. And we look at the city that can be radicalized in eight words. It wasn't a huge thing that Jonah had to do. He had to listen to what God said and repeat eight words. And God did the rest. And the same is true with us, that if we would position ourselves to listen to what God has to say, if we would position ourselves in the word and face the hard things and go, I'm gonna use what he's given me, the, or not that he's given me, the things that I've walked through, the pain, the hurt. I'm gonna use the gifts, the talents, the abilities. I'm gonna use the influence that I have. I'm gonna use the things that I love, my passions. And every one of those things is gonna be used and is gonna be obedient to what God has. And I'm gonna see what God does but I'm gonna allow him work in me so I don't live frustrated and unfulfilled when a world is experiencing miracles around me. Can we do that? All right, will you bow your heads and close your eyes?